Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cantina MX Football Podcast. Sorry, my soundboard is acting up. But we have a lot to discuss with the Liga MX final. Obviously, we have a, a new champion now. The name goes by Pachuca. And we're going to talk about why Toluca did America a favor. <laughs> Not getting embarrassed in the final. Chivas finally announced a coach. Baunovic, not no, nobody really knows who he is. A lot of controversy uh, regarding the decision. And we're going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, but before we're going to go any further, let me welcome Joel to the show. Joel, how are we doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, Jaime. That's Although good. I'm feeling bad for, for my boy Nacho. You know, didn't deserve <laughs> to go down like that, man. I felt he um, couldn't even put his hands up. He couldn't even go down swinging. They they destroyed that Toluca team, got their ass handed to them. Yeah, that game was like completely one-sided. And, you know, I was really disappointed on, on Toluca's end. And it makes me wonder, you know... How did this team get to the final? How did they beat America with this Swiss cheese defense? Uh, well, Ricardo did tell us. Yeah, we actually have them. Our... No, no, it wasn't Ricardo. It was Pastor. Pastor. Sorry. Yeah. You keep giving wrong credit. He's <laughs> talking about the owner. I don't know if you guys remember. And how much money that guy has. And he ended up um, investing in the team. And that's kind of... That's a big part of it, man. Uh, but like you said, the defense, the defense was never their strong point. And Pachuca, man, they kind of just creeped up. They ended the regular season in fourth place. And they just turned up, dude. Like, they just did not look back. They got rid of Tigres uh, on the way. They destroyed Monterrey. And then in the final, they just take care of business in the first game, 5-1. And then another three goals at home. Is this like one of the most lopsided finals in history? I think it is, right? I remember that Chivas... Um, Toros Nesa. Chivas Toros Nesa, yeah. That one was pretty brutal, too. I think eight goals is a record, though. In League MX finals. Yeah, I would I would have to look it up. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing too. But like if you're yeah. from the outside looking in, and you see that what are considered what should be the two best teams because they both made it to the final, and that's so lopsided. So it kind of makes you question the level of the league if you're looking from the outside in. Especially considering that Toluca uh, sneaked in at, at sixth position. And they, they beat America, who were in first. And there was about an 11-point gap between first and sixth. So something's just not adding up, man. But, you know, I before uh, last episode at the end, I wasn't really sure what, what team I wanted to win. It was like... But I, I did say Pachuca was the lesser of the two evils. And uh, they won with a lot of uh, young talents, and they gave Trophies another another title. Now he has more than Cuauhtémoc Blanco, so that settles that debate of who's the best ten. 
in Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but how do you guys feel about Pachuca being champions? Like, is it good for Mexico? And uh, now they're they're starting to throw Almada's name for for coach, for president, for for the next cycle. Oh, that's two questions right there, Jaime. I mean, uh, the first one, no, I, I think Pachuca has kind of shown, kind of shown how you have to operate to be successful within Liga MX. Uh, they have gotten the favors from the from the city where they they don't pay, they don't get taxed, or they get certain favors. But but I think overall their method of how they they work with youth and the, the kind of players they scout and they don't rely on a coach, um, you know, to, to build their whole team. I, I think that's kind of like, you know, Idealistic. it's been very successful for them. Yeah, exactly. Idealistic. And o Grupo Leg is the other team that, um, not team, but other uh, group that does that. And, their team Santos came, you know, they got up there after having been like at the bottom from the previous season. Yeah. And Toluca got criticized because Nacho Ambriz used a lot of extranjeros. They're saying eight, that he would always play with the maximum. But like you're saying, man, this guy's gonna get criticized no matter what. <laughs> no, no matter what, man. Uh, yeah, I think it was good for the league that Pachuca won. Uh, like we mentioned, uh, it's a good example for the rest of the teams to have a great combination of youth and uh, veteran players uh, and a good prime, and that you just don't have to spend stupid amounts of money. It's just how you invest it. Uh, Almada, you know, uh, definitely wanted him to win low key after he lost those two finals. From a coaching perspective, I was like, this man needs a win. That's not going to go into the pressure mode. But, uh, and another thing, you know, Pachuca's the rightful winner. They made it to the last final. They got screwed by the ref and Atlas. And, uh, good for them for making it back. And that, I think that's why they came out with a vengeance. That first game, they they wanted to make 100% sure they did not lose back-to-back finals. So they just were way more hungry, obviously, than Toluca. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Pachuca's been consistent for the last year. And, you know, they kind of, like, remind me of, like, a Moneyball team, you know. Just, like, not really the biggest spenders in Liga Mekis, but... They were able to win a final and goes to show, you know, money doesn't buy everything. Yeah. And I mean, they have solid players like Nico Ibanez. I think he finished the uh, table as leading scorer. And then uh, they have three players that can be Mexican national team midfield future. Uh, You know, they have two that are apparently supposed to go to Europe after this World Cup or next transfer window. Ooh. So, yeah, it's very promising. Um, Who's going to Europe? Is it Luis, Luis Chavez? Chavez and Cristian Alvarez are the rumors. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, Pachuca, man. They've been exporting some of the, the biggest talent. Chucky Lozano, Eric Gutierrez, obviously. Um, can't really speak about Pizarro, though. <laughs> well, I mean, Pizarro did his work with Chivas. I mean, he delivered for the amount of money that they spent on him. He yeah. delivered, and they got money out of the sale. I mean... I don't uh, think they did, did they? I think they, they sold they... him, like, for 10, 15 million. Yeah, but I, I think they never even finished paying him. That was the big thing we're saying that um, cause they pretty much had to sell it. It was like a loan. <laughs> yeah, there was the whole... There's a lot of stuff that was wrapped in there. Because that was during the time that the um, national team contract, TV contract was running out. And they were going to go vote on it. And then... um. She was was gonna vote in favor of Pachu. It's so much, man. I'm not gonna. I don't want to get into it. But you know, even you heard Pizarro say how they never even talked to him. They just told him you've been sold. Yeah, they didn't even um, tell. Him. I, I don't think the club was involved so much with that. Uh, but he was. Uh, I don't. I don't, man. It's. There's so much stuff involved there. I, it's it's a mess, dude. It's it's, it's it's a giant mess. That whole Pizarro thing, from start to finish. Well, I mean, they still got the benefits out of it. Got championships out of them. I'm sure oh, they did. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, with that, but I mean, I wouldn't consider him successful, though. I wouldn't consider like Pizarro. What? Like... What? Which he was the doblete? No, 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 not like. I mean. I guess he's won a lot of silverware, but like he's one of those players that you would thought would be in Europe already, and it just never, never happened. Well, yeah, I mean, you might not consider his career successful, but his stint at Chivas was successful. So it's like it was Orbelins, Pulidos, uh, trophies. They all linked up well and delivered. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, he's got quite a bit of silverware, huh? Yeah, the thing I reason I personally think he never went to Europe is that game that uh, Monterrey had against who was it Liverpool in the FIFA Club World Cup, mm-hmm. and uh, Pizarro just looked so slow. And I mean, like on passing the ball, his movements, everything uh, compared to like everyone else, like you could tell he would hang off the ball like two, three seconds more than he should. And it's like, yeah, if he does this in Europe, he's gonna be like. Uh, like this, like just be on the bench. So he won with Pachuca. He won with Chivas, Monterrey. He won three titles, league titles. And then he won two Conca champions. One with Chivas, one with Monterrey. Yeah, I guess that's not bad. Yeah. But, I, you know, we talked about this, Jaime, about how for some of these players, say they want to go abroad, they have to make a sacrifice. And at that point, or Pizarro would have been on the monetary. Mm. Because when Pachuca says, all right, we're, we're sending you to Chivas, and and the transfer fee is what it was, like $17 million. And then at, at that point, you already know, okay, you're not leaving anytime soon. Uh, you're going to have to be like the GOAT. You know, you're going to have to be doing very, very spectacular. But 
you're really not going to go at that price. Uh, and why would Chivas want to sell you cheaper just because you're going to Europe? They, they put all that money on you. And so, man, at that point, he knows. All right, do I just write out my contract with Pachuca and then leave for free? Or do I take the, you know, because he, he got he got his fair share of, you know, wages and bonus and whatnot. And he, he chose money. But I thought he was going to Europe after he, he won that title in Chivas. No, no, I mean, you know, we, we can't go off of the press, you know, because the press would just, they're just clickbait. They'll just generate stuff. So I do know, like, the press and even the fans would echo those same sentiments. And it's like, if if we understand how this works, then that's not really, that's not really going to happen. He was playing good, but not to that point of where you would say European teams are going to come and drop 20 million for him when you could get players of that talent level in South America for half the price. So, because that is what a lot of these Mexican players compete against, uh, you know, their South American counterparts. Um, so, yeah, he was playing good, but at the same time, he wasn't like, he wasn't on like beast mode, you know. He wasn't like a Cardoso when Cardoso was leading Toluca. He was just really good. Um, but I, I do think for him, like what he wanted as a professional, once he took that deal with Chivas, that pretty much meant his doors to Europe were pretty narrow now. Well, I know it's the bubble market, man. Like in Liga Mekis, you can get an offer for a lot higher than you would in Europe. So you can, but but you know what? That the, and then people always talk about um, I want to say people, but like fans and and the press about um, how the teams block trades. It's like not really. It's it comes down to the player uh, and what he wants. So if they if they choose to stay because they're gonna get more money than. You really can't follow a club. A club's not going to... I spent $10 million on you. I'm not going to sell you for half just because some Euro team wants you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, these fuckers don't even pay. We just got the news recently that... Um, who is it? Porto? Owes America money? And and they're supposed yeah. to be one of the top two in Portugal, and they, they can't even pay that, that debt off. And somehow... You know, fans just expect these league makes teams to like turn around and spread them butt cheeks, and it's like <laughs> just just what? So fans could celebrate having another player in Europe. These teams are still footing the bill; they're still paying money to try to have a good team. And so, yeah, I, I don't, I never bought into that whole Mexican teams are preventing and and they don't allow. Um, that's just been a bunch of bullshit. It, you know, it and it just again it goes for the media because they're never very honest about a lot of these things. Like their thing is more clickbait, just generate some controversy. Yeah, and the players also gotta understand it's a business. It's like uh hey Alexis Vega, I mean you're driving these nice cars, your Mercedes that you're talking about, you up upload pictures to your Instagram of your 
closet with your expensive shoes, your nice vacations. Like, we're paying you for all that. So what makes you think when Europe comes knocking around, we're going to let you go for pennies on the dollar? Exactly. So, yes. I mean, the players got to be like, you sacrifice now and make less, and we'll sell you for less, or we pay you more, but we also got to pay you for sell you for more. Yeah, exactly. And because they have to recover, you know, it's it's like an inversion. You, you you buy something and then you hope that either it benefits the club or if they don't want to be there, you could make some money off of it. Because if you're just taking if you're just taking L's, then you you can go bankrupt pretty soon. Oh, but it is bullshit, like you said, what the media does, but. At the same time, they call it a bubble market for a reason. Because if that bubble pops, look, look, you, you're the one that always says on these shows, there's there's only like four teams in League MX that have that type of money. So if those four teams yeah. want to buy these overpriced Mexican guys, then there's no market for them. You, cut, you cut out there. There's no market for what? For these overpriced Mexican players. No, but I mean that's where it comes down to the player where they, he has to make the sacrifice, and it's like, are you gonna go to this team, and and you know, you're gonna make all this money, but then now you're gonna be more expensive, and that means less teams are gonna want to buy you, or are you gonna just try to find? trying to find a play, a team over there. So, I mean, it's it's the players because, like, like if you look at Ochoa, he left to Europe because he wanted to go, and, you know, he ended up, where do I say, Ajacio, just earning peanuts, playing in, in you know, a relegation team or just getting goleado, and that's that's the sacrifice that he, that you have to make for a lot of these players that they have to make because, it's realistically not all these big teams are going to come looking for you. Um, most of the time, it's, it's made to low-table clubs. Yeah, I respect Ochoa for doing that, but let's also remember Ochoa was already... But, but th- this guy, Pizarro, he was never worth more than $3 million, man. Like, like $15 million for what? Being a knockoff grillish. That's what he is. <laughs> I know, and that was the... That's what I'm telling you. It's 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 very messy his whole thing because I agree he should have never been sold for that high amount and and he within the league he sold twice uh, you know because Chivas and then Monterrey ends up getting them for like the same amount so it's like alright what the hell is going on here man what, and we know Liga MX has been pretty pretty like uh not straightforward when it comes to transfers and whatnot. Dubious. So I don't know what the hell is going on there, man. It's 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 hard, hard to know. Exactly, yes. Maybe we'll know within a couple years because these things always they eventually end up and but it's still too soon. Five years from now, maybe when he's retired, they'll ask him and he'll he'll say the full story, man. But I know there's there was some shit going on there. <clears throat> hey, and I, I don't appreciate you 
calling me a Chivas fan. Well, come on now. <laughs> but I say Chivas is closet. You, you don't want I to my talking, it I get my talking <laughs> points from uh, Spicy Soccer. Yeah. You know? And uh, a couple shows back, I mentioned uh, part of my family is from Chi Hermanos. Yeah. So, so I, 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 one of my cousins always texted me the Chivas Maybe. hot takes. So that's why. All I right. Uh -huh. I'm discussing. Sure. Is he in the room right now? Nah. <laughs> do you see? Do you see him? <laughs> Show me on this doll. <laughs> oh wait. Just like you guys, every season say Luciana, man. Just like, just like now you guys, you guys got this, uh, this whoa, Serbian whoa, guy. Whoa, whoa, we haven't even talked about that yet. I know we're still in the final. The only, hey, the we're, only we're one that was, uh, that was getting hyped up was you, dog. You thought, you thought America was gonna come out with a championship, already counted the fourteenth trophy. Yeah, yeah. And you said like it's a bad the thing. In the cage. It's a good thing that they lose Fiona because you have. Well, you, you, I already said it, man. You gotta, you gotta blame no the coladera and. <laughs> Imagine me like I mean, a you, you guys saw the game. Line. Something Turca doesn't didn't have anything. Something doesn't a, add up though. How, how did the team that beat you get absolutely mollywopped in the final? It just doesn't make sense. They they, they spend all their energy on Ame, that's why. Hmm. They blew oh, their load. Do you, do you guys think that would have happened to America though? I think it would have oh, been a lot closer. Smoke you I don't I don't think you lose eight or two, but there's no guarantees you would have beat. Like what was the regular season result? Three zero. You guys beat him or lost? Beat him. Damn. Well, that was uh, in August, so a lot of changes in. Yeah, a lot of changes. I mean, three months, two months. So Luca. Uh, and we we got to keep in mind also. But you got beat. This America. America we're talking about, man. These other teams, just like when Mexico. <laughs> They get the Central American energy and they play the <laughs> They play like it's this a World thing, Cup final, huh? Exactly. Same <laughs> thing happened here. You got to keep that in the count. <sighs> so where do we go from here, man? We got Pachuca champion. Uh, I asked you guys about Almada. Would you guys like him to take over the national team after Tata has a stroke on the field? Because wow. this... I don't know. I, I feel like this dude's <laughs> going to have a aneurysm or some fucking weird-ass medical thing, and he's just going to call it quits. I, I got a feeling it's going to be Lopetegui for some reason, man. Lopetegui? That's yeah, so I don't, random. I know, but I've been hearing it from, like, different, uh, like, reporters and podcasts that I listen to other, like, uh, reporters that talk about uh, Liga MX. Like, they've been throwing that name a lot out. Well, what is he doing, though, that, that you think would put him, you know, at the helm? Because it's like, like if you look at Tata, he was the type of coach that the FMF wanted for a long time. Like, he had that European experience. He was uh, in Argentina. He just, he checked out the boxes, World Cup experience. So he, he you know, that... He checked all the boxes of what, what FMF was looking for. So, like, that doesn't make sense. But And when we've seen foreigners that have come in, I guess the one exception has been Osorio. 
Osorio, right? That's, that's his name. Juan Carlos JCO. Juan Cambios. I think that's been like the only exception. So then I guess going off of that, he might. But you guys got to also keep in account. Like, like you, uh, I don't know if I misheard uh, right or wrong, but Pachuca isn't exactly these other owners. They're not exactly on these other owners' good side. No, they're not. You're right. But uh, so they're going to pick whoever they want. Wait, yeah, well, is, Televisa, it still, Televisa... is it still a mafia like that? Like, do the club owners still have a, a say in who's the coach of the oh, national yeah, team? Yeah, they do. They do because the club owners make up the FMF. So this is the – you have FMF, so many kind of the football, and that's the Mexican national team. And then you have Liga IMX. And so they should be separate. Are right? we the only federation that does that? I'm pretty sure – I think we are. Uh, and so wow. FMF is made – FMF is made up of the league, the of the owners of the of the team of the teams in Liga MX. They're the they're the people in charge of FMF. So they, they usually vote. They'll vote on stuff, and um, it's kind of like who has more influence, you know, who has more juice, and you usually they usually like like vote in blocks. Like you'll have. Televisa will have like three, four teams on their side, and then the Azteca before had their teams and whatever. And that used to be like the back and forth Televisa, Te Azteca, but around the time that once Grupo Pachuca came in, they sort of like, you know, a challenger has entered the picture and it sort of switched. And then with Grupo Legi, so now it's like, pretty jumbled up now where it's like um it's not what it used to be and and Tevasteca doesn't even have teams anymore. Right? Do they even own a team? They just own like a percentage of Atlas, I believe. And Puebla unofficially. <laughs> yeah, so they went from actually having the teams to to like sketchy kind of kind of holding on to something. Uh Televisa has has uh, America, um, and I think that's it, right? They don't have any other, like when they used to have Necaxa and San Luis, it's just that. Um, and then both Grupo Legi and Grupo Pachuca have two teams each, and then you have Grupo Caliente. So now it's it's yeah, it's it's crazy now. Yeah, it shouldn't be that way. That's why there's no. It's like the it's like in the Godfather the. The five families, <laughs> yeah. man, in New York. Yeah, yeah, see? Good good analogy. I would, that's how it is, man. They're going to go meet up at some pasta house to iron out a deal who, who rules what territory. And, and going, going back to Pachuca, though, like like you, to tie it in with what you guys were talking about with Chivas, uh, that's why Chivas is in the outs with Pachuca, right, Paul? Because uh, yes, they yes. didn't vote for the TV rights. They, yeah, they they were they were in line to vote, and they and then um, America just took out their pimp hand. They powdered it, and they and put they them smacked, where they put them in place, right? They did both Pachuca and Chivas, man. 
they're still hurt. Tia's still hurting from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pachuca ended up just like bending the knee. Them. They no, Pachuca had to like give in and they bent the knee and they were like, "All right, fuck it." Be- America was running these like they were kind of exposing like their negotiate like their deals or it's like money that should be taxed to them so they could go back to the city for schools and roads and it's not and and I think Pachuca would they they just give money to the governor or who whoever's in charge they just get their Manila envelope but it doesn't go back to the city or to the people um, but they they were running these exposés man and then with Chivas man their whole Chiwa TV and everything. Uh, they were getting sued also for trying to go to Terrasteca. Um, and then Chios was like, oh shit, we're, you know, uh, they ended up having to give Televisa like a year for free. So yeah. Televisa wasn't even paying them shit to air. <laughs> so man, uh, yeah. And so then, and you, you could still find some of these articles of like what happened going back to the who's getting the TV rights. And I know Televisa wasn't about to lose this shit because I think they were, I think they were um, influential in getting, getting some gains because they kind of knew the World Cup was going to the U.S. And so they kind of like negotiated to get some gains as well. Uh, and so, I mean... They say like, Orlegi was part of that, man. Okay, well, I stand corrected, but... I. I thought it was them, but but you know just that it's gonna be that World Cup. I, I think Teresa, there's no fucking way we're losing it now, and um, and and that was the other thing. So I ultimately, I said that they found some some clause that said that Televisa had like an option for an extension. This clause kind of magically appeared, so they ended up taking the team for eight years. But I think it's it's running out soon. I think it runs out after the the next World Cup, not this one, the next one, the one that's gonna be uh, the United. But they gave Mexico a nopal. <laughs> that's that's not an official photo, dude. Oh, that, was it? <laughs> everyone, dude, that that photo went viral, and I was like, dude, that's not a real, that's not official, dude. I could. Man, we're looking at that whack-ass eagle that Mexico has. I wouldn't be surprised. I would actually take that nopal over that eagle. Anyways, <laughs> uh, they have they have until then, and that's when I I think we're gonna see a lot of changes within the league and everything because um just how connected the league is to the national team and how it could change everything for TV. Because uh, because one thing we've seen in recent years has been TV Azteca and Televisa like sharing finals and whatnot. More so Televisa though. They give Azteca the scraps. <laughs> but I mean, but that's something you wouldn't see before. Mm-hmm. Like you, like it would just be on Televisa or it would just be, and then they started like, I think sharing feeds for fights or national team games or not national team, like league finals and whatnot. Uh, and I think it's part of it because you had these other other entities coming in now and, and starting havoc where you have like Claro TV winning Olympic, winning like 
winning the TV rights for Olympics. And then uh, you have like Fox, um, what did Fox Sports get? They had the final, right? Fox Sports has the World Series right now. Oh, that's the one where, like, in Mexico, you can only see it through Fox Sports. That's the that's the one that I saw. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, they were saying that for the first time in, like, 30 years, I don't know how many years, that, like, you're not going to see this broadcasting team. And I think it was a Televisa team. And it's it's on Fox Sports only. <clears throat> so, I mean, you, you were seeing shit like this going on where it's like um, the big two no longer are the only places. There's all these different um, in streaming or other TV stations that are now competing for that. And did you did you guys see that news about uh, America breaking off to form yes. a company? Wait, they did what? Yes, I did. Very interesting. That just they... goes... Go ahead, Hall. Oh, just really quick to Jaime. So... Uh, America's tied to uh, Televisa. And so they were America. Um, I get confused because it's a SA de CB and it's like like Asociación Anónima. Like, she was changed the thing when Vergara bought the team. If you look at the Scudo, uh, it will say. I gotta look it up, but it, it changed. They had to change it because there's like Asociación Civil, which means it's like um, like kind of like public. And then it's like the the other one that's like the business. And so America is kind of breaking off where it, they're like their own company. Even though they still belong to Televisa, their switches were they're their own company. Interesting. Which I think allows them to do more stuff. They're going on the stock market. Thanks. Huh. I was just talking about you was doing that. Yeah, the last show. Me it, would, it would be pennies. And uh, I think... Uh, like, <laughs> you gave me a good idea, man. He listens to you. We would be worth at least <laughs> no, a $5 Subway sandwich. It's, it's, I didn't come up with this. Uh, I, I know that... Um, <laughs> Some Euro teams do it. The sandwich. Yeah, I, I knew. Yeah, man, you had done it. And I know that um, um, Amadi had been talking about it. Like, he mentioned it a few times. and But then I never really, like, looked into, like, how, man, you, one of you guys were breaking it down. I never really saw how, like, man, you were doing. I'm a they, shareholder. You are? I get to vote. Do you have, like, a certificate they give you? or what? No, I get to... Get on those proxy calls and vote. No, but when you when you bought in, like did they send you something like a no, nah. like a letter? Wait, no. I didn't get no. Like letter. your member number, your member number five thousand. I have no idea. I bought this on Robinhood, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's completely different. Um, if it's from the, you know, if it's on the stock market, the shares just trade hands back and forth so much every day that it's impossible to keep track of who's buying shares ah, okay. but that's different like from uh, what like Madrid or uh, Chivas used to, or Atlas used to have where it was an actual association and a set of yeah. members but yeah, yeah. not stock market uh, you know anyone can own it uh, 
I don't think Chivas would be terrible if they weren't in the stock market uh, as a brand. I think what would hurt them would be uh, their CEO, the face of the company, Amaury. So a lot of investors <laughs> wouldn't have faith in buying that yeah. because of him. I could see but that. If, yeah. But if somebody else was in charge, uh, yeah, I think it, it could be successful. America w- will be successful just because their owner uh, has a lot of business connections, a lot of business influence. So you and they've been having success. So you know, uh, if you invest in them, there should be results given back to you. I get dividends. What they send you? Uh, like every quarter, I get money back. Yeah. Oh shit! I've been a shareholder for, since they went public, dude. It's I've actually lost money, like. <laughs> <laughs> On man, yeah, yeah. I think I bought when they went public, and it was like around sixteen bucks. And right now it's at twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Well, with this, America's going to be able to get Serra Siete. I doubt it, bro. He doesn't even know what America is. He'll learn soon, man. <laughs> no way. He's not money motivated. Anything. He's staying in Europe. And retire there. Uh, and I don't think he's doing MLS. I thought he was. I, he was associated think... with Inter Miami, but now Messi and Beckham. Beckham's really trying to get Messi to enter. So I just don't see Cristiano playing anywhere else. And plus all his legal issues he had in the past with U.S. authorities. I think he's going to retire at sporting, honestly. Yeah, I don't see him coming to the MLS. Well, do you know what happened? He got accused of rape. Yeah, he 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 a, a second time because it had already happened. A second time. Hey, they his kid. Well, the same the same person. Oh, his kid is Mexican. That's what but, they say. <laughs> so the he rape was. What are you trying to say? <laughs> well, he he was in Vegas and and supposedly he uh. He was with some women there, and and they, they settled out of court. And supposedly she signed an NDA or something. But then she, I think around the time he was leaving or was signing some contract, going before he went to Juventus, I think. So when, by the time he was leaving Madrid, don't quote me on the timelines, but this girl brings it back up, man. She... He straight up brings up the accusation again, and so it became a big, a big mess. And I do think that hurted his chances if he was going to come to the U.S. Well, I mean, he's been cleared. He got cleared in June by a judge because apparently the evidence the girl and the prosecutor were trying to use was not valid, so they threw the case out. So he's free to travel back to U.S. without any issues. I just if, I just think if Beckham's pushing for Messi at Miami, there's nowhere else that Cristiano would be interested in. Well, he's, you don't think he would want to play with him? He could. Yeah, honestly, he could. Uh, I just don't know how that would work for MLS with them signing both of them. Nah, but they, I, they I, would go to rival teams. Well, I bro. think the league, the league would want it, though. They oh, would want sure. two Ronaldo, players over Ronaldo now. would end up in L.A. or that's it. There's no other alternative. He would not go to like Miami. He would go to LA. Well, I want to know more about this kid first, though, man. Do we know that kid is his, or 
Is that just speculation? What are you talking about? You talking about his 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 son? Cristiano Junior. Yeah. He, yeah, he's half Mexican. Oh, well, like his actual son in Portugal, not with the girl in Vegas. No, he never got the girl in Vegas. No, he had a surrogate. Sur- surrogate. Yeah, he had a surrogate for uh, Cristiano Junior, and there's a huge oh, rumor shit. that uh, the mother was Mexican, mm-hmm. and oh. like Cristiano Junior has been like uh, caught like rocking random Mexico gear here and there. Uh, so there's speculation with that as well. But, oh, shit. Yeah, All right. the, the surrogate mother, same thing, signed the NDA, whatever. So no one will ever know who the mom is. That's crazy. Uh, Cristiano, Cristiano Jr. doesn't even know who his mother is. Wait, what? He doesn't. Cristiano does has not has not told nor does he plan on telling Cristiano Jr. who his actual biological mother is. Oh, wait. So he just did it in like a test tube? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah dude. So That's yeah. not what I heard. I heard, I heard he, got, he the the second girl he raped, right? And the first one, he pulled a Kobe and he got, preg- he got her pregnant and that's where she signed the NDA. Hmm. It is very interesting. <laughs> Anyways, we've gone almost half an hour. No, more than half an hour without talking about the biggest news of the week. Chivas have finally announced their coach uh, a day after the final. I thought they were going to do it on the final to take headlines away, but no. Uh, they got... No one was watching the final. Nobody's watching the final. We got Paunovic. Uh, a coach that has, you know, an okay resume, but not exactly what we were expecting. He, uh, his last venture, I think, was at uh, Reading over there in England, and it did not go well. Uh, before that, he was at Chicago Fire, and before that, he won a World Cup with the under-20 Serbia team. How are we feeling about this, Hoyle? Are are you surprised? Are you excited? Are no, you... not sur- Go ahead. No, not surprised. I was actually expecting something similar. Uh, <clears throat> just going off of what we seen before, when uh, when Chivas had the Christ group, you know, and and the coach ended up being Van Chip, uh, and so it's kind of similar, where you bring. Uh, they bring the Iron Man, and people were thinking, I don't know, some big name coach. And then they hired uh, Paunovic, kind of unknown. But I think it makes sense going with someone that's had success at the youth level. So he won the under 20 World Cup with Serbia um, because Chivas is very dependent on youth right now. So I do think that it's like it makes sense in that. At least that that part makes sense. Uh, but then again, you know, I was telling you guys that we we look for stuff we already had. He he won the under twenty, but Chivas had the coach that won the Olympics with Mexico. We we kind of downgraded, if you ask me. <laughs> but um, I hope uh, I, you know I, he, he should be able to do good. I don't know. I mean, I kind of disagree with that because I feel like, yeah, then I had success and everything. But I guess, don't you think like these coaches that are on the Mexican carousel, 
the only thing after a while they're just doing their jobs just for the sake of it because they go through so many he, teams he, and they know if he, they get fired they'll go to another one uh so it's like work's always some of them, there i'd rather just bring in someone who's like new blood young blood and feels that pressure yeah but Tena, Tena had let cruz azul he they had one so he had led that team to a league title that was the last time they had won. I think it was under him. Um, he he obviously had the Olympic gold medal, which is huge, and he gets almost no credit, right? And I think with Chivas, he wasn't really doing bad, if you ask me. He took the team to the final in the Copa por Mexico. Right? They end up they beat America. What was it like a four-three type, like a really spectacular mm-hmm. game. And they lose to Cruz Azul. Um, and then when when the league started, he had the team in fifth place. We were doing well. They had, yeah, and then he got sacked afterwards. You know, the, the, the league got suspended for COVID. He comes back. He doesn't start the season because he had COVID. So his, uh, what was it, the assistant coach lost like three games. And then his first game, he loses and they fire him. I think it was political. I, I don't think it was due to results, but I, I I do think it was politics more than anything. He was tied to some promoter. Yeah, so like Yero, you know, when he got announced, he says, oh, we're looking for this, you know, perfil. We're looking for a coach that has youth experience, that knows the region or knows Mexico and has European experience. I'm like, they kind of backtrack on the on the you know knowing the region because he he doesn't know Liga Mac because he he doesn't know Mexico, and in the teaser video they had a bunch of like other coaches that had been rumored like you know, um, Turco Mohamed and in the end we get this guy and I don't know man I don't know if it's gonna be the right decision. I've heard mixed feelings from people that were Chicago Fire fans and they said that. He was a horrible coach. I don't know if they were just trolling. They also had a horrible roster, though. Yeah? Yeah, I'll say that. Like, Chicago Fire and San Jose, like, just horrible rosters. And then Chicago Fire tried to cover up everything that was wrong with the team by bringing Bastian Schwansteiger, and that was, like, their band-aid for the whole problem. And it's also been a joke. They have switch stadiums multiple times oh yeah uh they also switched the logo the logo no yeah to the team no one was going to the game so that's why they switched stadiums that's why they switched the press try to like bring back energy so the team which is dead from the inside i don't i think whoever would have been coached would have just given the similar results i see now as far as like knowing the area i mean he was in Chicago. I'm sure he had a lot of Mexican players in his youth system. So I'm sure he's somewhat, sim- uh, you know, has some sense of the culture and things like that. Uh, it seems like he did his research because he talked about uh, how, how he respected how the team played under Almeida. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he didn't go back to, like, Dena Cardoso, Buse, like he said, Almeida, perfect mix of youth and experienced players, always playing with that hunger. So, I mean, I think he's off to the right track. Uh, he He's a low-key guy uh, with ex- European experience, North American experience, uh, but he's not big enough 
to take attention away from the actual project. If he just gets down here, puts his head down and gets to work, it could be promising. I think everyone's going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's like not really well known. He's new to Liga Mekis, and it's just what you know Chivas need. They need a new direction. They need a fresh perspective. They, you know, no more coaching carousel. Um, but I, for someone like Yero, who has like connections at Real Madrid and and the Spanish, you know, federation, I was a little bit disappointed with what he was able to bring to the table because. I was expecting like a Spaniard or a little bit more prestigious like name. This guy is like relatively unknown. Oh, the budget. Yeah. Is the budget? That's Chivas budget. Still though, man. <laughs> yeah, but you I mean, don't want to waste it on the coach. Prestigious and then tell them they got to use youth players and like uh, bench players from other teams. This, yeah, I feel, I feel I'm just like saying like, like, like European Larcamon, you know? Like you're bringing him in and letting him know exactly the position of the club. Is this something you want? You does a challenge excite you? Yes or no? You're not gonna excite a prestigious coach with, you know, we got a team with budgeting issues, a lot of youth players, the older players past their prime. You want this job? Yeah, but all right. So I get it. You can't bring in like a big name, but at the same time, if you're gonna go this route, why not just get? Jimmy Lozano, he's had a more, in my opinion, a more impressive, like, resume. Pumas didn't even want Jimmy Lozano. He was, like, their third option behind, like, Duca. can't remember who else. And then they finally settled for Jimmy Lozano. And what has Jimmy Lozano done? I mean, he did okay at Nakaxa. He didn't do amazing. He did okay. Bronze and medal then, at the Olympics? Yeah, he had that medal at the Olympics, but that team... That team, everybody was pretty much like in form. Like you would really have to screw it up to not get something. Like I mean, you had like Henry Martin in form, Romo in form, Jorge Sanchez, uh, that Esquivel dude who fell off. I don't remember what happened to him. Cordoba was in form. You had uh, Charlie Rodriguez. You had a lot of guys that were in form for that. Ochoa. I mean, he had a good roster for like an Olympic level roster. He had a good roster. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I really don't know his style. I don't really know how he plays football and how he wants his team to play football. But, yeah, now that we're starting to see the puzzle pieces being put together and no signs or rumors of refuerzos, this sounds like a, um, what's what do they call that when you're building a team up? A rebuilding year. This this sounds like a rebuilding year. Restructure, yeah. Restructure. Yeah, and that's another reason why I think they brought him on. Because think about it. If you're Yero coming from the outside in, if you bring on somebody like Jimmy Lozano or whoever from the scene, they might try to tell you, like, hey, hey, Yero, I know how this works. Like, you know, this is how it works. I recommend you do this and that. But if he brings a coach from the outside, it's kind of a learning experience for both the coach and the sporting director. So they don't overshadow each other. And then they can make adequate decisions at the end of their first tournament. I see. So how long is this guy going to have, though? I think he'll definitely at least get a year. I think even if the first tournament were to be terrible, I think he'll get a year. I think uh, Amaury gave Pelas so much time 
Uh, there, I don't see any reason for him to get rid of Hierro and his project within like the first six months or the first year. So two tournaments then? Yeah, easily a year. I mean, uh, it would have to be terrible for him to throw it away. It has to be like, you know, finishing then the bottom eight for like two tournaments in a row. But if in both tournaments they get into Liguilla and then, you know, semis, final, uh, youth players get promoted up and get developed, you bring one, two good refuerzos, and the results are good, great. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't keep it going longer. They made, with Pelaez, they made semis right away, though. Hey, we know you're a Pelaez stand, but he but, but you're saying decisions, too. No, but you, you're saying why they gave him so much time. And so his... I'm not saying he didn't team, deserve the time he was given, but how many years was he given? Three years? I'll have to go back to the drawing board. He was given like two, three years. So if he was given two, three years, why? And he's bringing someone with Real Madrid connections. I don't think Amadi's going to want to look stupid and get rid of him within the first year. Are you talking about the coach out. or are you talking about the sporting director? Both. Well, oh, come on. Real Madrid connections? Hey, he's a Real Madrid legend. So you, it, it's like, it's it's out of respect. If you, like, completely make him look bad, like you fired Yero within, like, six months or a year and, like, throw his project away, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot from... But they did it to Cruyff. Yeah. Like, Cruyff was an advisor. He was not a sporting director. Yeah, he, he was an advisor. Yeah, but he, he brought the whole... No, but they brought, they brought a whole... But he was to he, restructure the whole thing. Yeah, but he, he wasn't was there. The, he wasn't there on a day to day basis. He was doing it remotely. Yeah, but they were. Dude, you know they were paying like what twenty staff or something like that. They straight know. booted everyone. Yeah, they were. They brought in the Ben Chapin, whole coaching group, youth coaches. It was a. And, a and when, when, when people talk about Barcelona, they talk about Cruyff. When they talk about Madrid, they don't talk about Hierro. Well, no, and Ajax, not, not just uh, Croatia's yeah. Ajax. Yeah, but that, that's not a good and... thing. That's because that's Barcelona's a small team. Barcelona players <laughs> are always bigger than the club. But, uh, uh, I, you know you know what I'm saying. Hierro, I mean, as a sporting director, saying, though, but... he, he he's not much involved. Like, with Real Madrid's success, he was successful, like, as a player. But his yeah. big his big claim to claim to fame was... That whole process with the Spanish national team winning the Euro, winning the 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 World Cup, and then winning the Euro again, like that, that was all him. So like that's that's why I'm like I'm disappointed in uh, in the coach that he's decided to go with. And uh, there's like a rumor or like a joke saying like, hey, like they intentionally picked a name that was like hard to say, so the fans can't say like Fuera Paunovic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But who would, knowing the financial circumstances that your team's in, who would you guys, like, realistically, did you guys expect to come? Realistically, this is what I expected. Somebody low-key with low-key profile. I was I was thinking it would be, like, a low-key profile Spanish coach. Yes, la. It turns out it's a low-key uh, Serbian coach. Uh, but that's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting the big name based on the roster and the finances. But the media was putting bells and whistles because, oh, Yero, he's Madrid. He's going to find some obscure Mexican guy that's 
that's coaching in, in Europe and he's going to bring in the Chivas or making it seem that like that. No, I think the biggest benefit they'll get out of Yero is just uh, the working style of Europe where there's not so much drama and like deals behind uh, shaky deals with promoters and things like that. And then also it kind of like motivates the players in the sense like you know, our coach, our sporting director, they have connections in Europe. If I really want to go to Europe and I, like, really, like, fill their eye with my talent, they might be able to, like, get me a connection. And so it also it's also going to show Yero and the coach which guys want to take advantage of that and which guys are just there collecting a check. Because right now there's a lot of those. Saldivar, uh, Brizuela, Chapito, uh well, they got rid of Ponce, Molina, but a bunch of guys are just shouldn't be there. They're just collecting the check. Those guys are going to walk all over that guy, watch. It's going to be the same thing. Well, that's where it comes down to a Maori. Uh, you know, if you brought in this guy and you give him the power and you're believing his project, he tells you boot these five guys, boot them. If not, then why you bring them? There's a rumor that we just renegotiated uh, Brizuela and Chapo. We got them, their contracts renewed. Man, that, that is just dumb. Waste of money. Uh, I think Brizuela deserves to say, stay, but Chapo, I mean, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, Chapo's past his prime, and Brizuela already hit the ceiling. You're not going to get anything more out of Brizuela than he's done in the past. Tops, you might get what? Four or five goals in the season, if and if at all. But at this Trapito, point, how how many veterans do we starter. have? We don't really have he's that many gonna, veterans. He's not going to come off the bench and like completely change the game for you, or like be like a solid like sub. Might as well get rid of him. But he swear that same thing. It's like you could get rid of him and take that salary space away, save yourself a little money, and give a youth player, a promising youth player, a chance. Or bring in another experienced Liga MX player who might do different than him. But they're both already past their prime, hit their ceilings. There's no reason to keep them. And that's the difference between a successful club and a shit club. <laughs> I mean, so we're saying two out of the shit club? It's being ran like a shit club. For example, Barcelona gets ran like a shit club. Look at uh, Madrid. Madrid bought uh, Cristiano for 100 sold them for 100. So what does Madrid do with its players? They buy them, get championships out of them, and then they sell them like Casemiro when they're still hot, when there's a demand. What does Barcelona do? They buy them and then they keep them way past their prime where they can no longer get money from them or they leave for free. Like, look at Pique. They don't want Pique on the team no more. Pique should have left like two, three years ago where they could have gotten maybe 30, 40, 50 million from. City offered uh, Barca 300 million for Messi. And they said, no, nah, no, nah, we'll keep him. They knew them well. They couldn't afford him for more than two, three years. And he wound up leaving for free. Uh, Griezmann bought him for 100, sold him to Atletico for 20. So, you know, there's clubs that fall in love with their players and never want to let them go. And there's clubs that realize this is a business. I'm going to get the best out of you while I can. And then see ya. America does that. America, they got the best they could out of Lainez, uh, Edson Alvarez, Guido Pizarro, Peralta, and then see ya, buddy. Time to bring in the new one and keep making money. Because at the end of the day, it's a business. 
But some people like to be romantic about their soccer club and not realize that's what's causing them uh, more suffering than success. For Chivas to renew those two contracts, what that tells me is that there's literally no nobody yeah. else out there in the pool. Exactly. It, it tells it, me that the, that was my talking point. They got promotertized. That too. And it goes to show if the if those strong promoter ties that everyone denies are there. Well, what is this Spanish guy really gonna? He's not gonna come and change that. No, I, I, that's why I think a big part of that was more more to do with with the team's image, with it, the team not qualifying uh, to Liguilla or being because they've been repechaje twice, you know, two seasons in a row. So not not being in Liguilla, not not having more named players, or they're about to lose them because they lost. They lost Macias for a year, and then Alvega could be leaving. So I, I do think it's it's sort of like they kind of have to rebuild the brand, make the team attractive, to try to sell it because they do. They will be negotiating TV and and sponsorship soon. But who's gonna want to give them money when it's like your team doesn't even make playoffs, or you don't have anyone that we could we could use for the you know, for the ads, for the sandwich and whatnot. I don't know if you guys remember when they brought uh, when they brought Hermoso Peralta. He was, even though he didn't play, he was pretty much in all the main ads. Yeah. Just like Ochoa, he's on the he's on the bimbo bag, on the bread bag. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah, and, and with Peralta it was more for what he did with. With America, what he did with the national team, that what he was—he wasn't doing anything at Chivas, aside from mm-hmm. writing the pie and just stinking it up. Uh, and that's that's part of it. Of uh, like you guys were saying, it's it's a business. So seeing it from the business point, they needed to, you know, the I think the media went hard, man. They were they went hard on Pelias and pretty much anything that the team was doing to the point where. The fans were turning on the club. I think they were just lacking patience. Um, but but now it's like they feel they had to clean house and start all over again. Start. And you know, just what kind of start like rebuild? Like they shouldn't have to be rebuilding. This team is is and if we look at the numbers, they're not that far off from from being top four, top five, like finishing the season, they're about six points away. They just they just had some bad luck, um, you know, because there's, the team's not that strong. They don't have that many players. So when you lose a JJ Mag, they didn't have really no one to to step up and cover for him when they lost. Uh, someone, was te- someone was saying that I forgot who... He was here in the pod. Uh, I think it was um, Albert talking about this one guy that was key for Cadena, and he lost him early on in the season, and it hurt. It, it, it really hurt. So Believe, yeah. And so little things like that, you know. Some some clubs have other players, and Chivas just didn't, and that that hurts the team. Um, 
So yeah, now they have to rebuild it. <laughs> but I don't think they should. I don't think they're starting from scratch either. There's a lot to work with right there. Like I said, six points. If you look at the last, what, three, four seasons, look look where the team ended. And then see, all right, how many points were you away from like fourth or fifth? And it's about six. So it's like, um, that's not that bad. I was telling you guys the other few weeks back how it's hard for Chivas to compete with those teams because they don't have the salary. And this thing was released. And I, dude, I've been looking for it for the past hour. I can't find it. I thought I saved it. It was a picture that showed the most, the most, uh, the teams that spent the most money on salary. And I think Santos cracked in at fifth. So I'm not surprised they made it that high. Um, Jaime, do you remember seeing that? Uh, teams with the highest salary? Yeah. Um, I kind of remember it. I know, like, what was it? America, Tigres. No, it was like Tigres, right? Tigres have. Monterrey. Monterrey, Tigres, America. The amount of money that they play, uh, they pay Florin Tauvin is like ridiculous. He's making hella money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm saying with Chivas. You you don't even have the salary to put a team that's going to be strong enough to compete with those five. Yet here we are as fans expecting. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not really going to happen, man. It's every now and then you might be able to string together a pretty um, strong squad, but unless you have that money, like those five, uh, good luck, man. You can, it's it's going to be a lot of like... But uh, you don't necessarily need the money like to that extent. It's like you get rid of Saldivar, Mont, uh, you get rid of Saldivar, Chapito, clear those salary spaces right there. And then you bring in someone like Eduardo Aguirre from Santos. But see, that's the thing. They can't. And, and, You're going to you know, America. That, <laughs> but this is the thing with Chivas. The teams know that Chivas is stuck with just Mexicans. So obviously they, they do apply that Chivas tax and they charge a bit more. And there's not, you know, and you say they don't need the money. But then if there's like three, three teams competing for Aguirre, uh, Chivas is the less likely to, out of those three, to be able to, you know, they keep if they keep betting on him, like like in eBay, you know, like uh, just going up. Yeah, they're, they're not. Gonna... That's where negotiations comes through. It's like how you have D1 schools all competing for the same athlete, and each school gives them different promises, different ideas, and so they go with the one they feel uh, that is. No, but, but this is it's this like, one no, is gonna go to who gives the most money. Also, and then Chivas, they gave sold him the dream of the World Cup. I mean, they didn't deliver on it, but that's one of the reasons that motivated him to leave. But but I guarantee you, the teams weren't offering more money. That's the thing. Uh, Chivas might be able to offer maybe a bit better wages, but ultimately it's gonna come down to how much more money they're willing to spend. So. Yeah, but if that's what negotiations are for. You don't got to buy them 100%. Buy them for 75%. The original team keeps 25 And if he kills it and then Monterrey comes knocking on your door and wants to give you $20 million for him or somebody in Europe wants them, then boom, they profit off again. I mean, a lot of teams are doing that in Europe right now. What was happening before is that they were loaning out players for the season so they could go get experience and come back. 
But then they realized that the teams they were loaning them out to were not really investing in the players because they knew they'd be gone by the end of the season. Marcelo Flores. So what they, yeah, so what they do now is <laughs> they sell them, but the top team says, I'm going to sell them to you like for $20 million, whatever, but if he becomes really good, I get first dibs, I buy him back, or I sell him to you for $10 million, but I keep like 50% of his rights, so if he does become big, I get a cut later in the future. Because that's more incentive for the team mm-hmm. who's getting him to make sure he develops. It's uh, more incentive for the player to blow up because he can go back to the team. I mean, you just got to change your style of negotiation. If Chivas is walking into the room and saying, uh, well, they have more money than me, so see ya. Well, that's dumb. No, they're not. They're not the ones thinking like that. It's more like the club. So, like, if he... Uh, you know, if you own X player and a team says, I'll give you five million, the other team comes and they'll be like, I'll give you seven. They'll just take the seven. They're going to take whoever offers more. It's just that simple. Uh, I see what you mean, but that will mostly apply with youth. And then certain clubs will be willing to do that. Other clubs won't really care for that. So, yeah, the broke team that talk, was- man. I mean, but I mean, you guys see the side we, because we're like the coupon. Like Pachuca and Chivas had a connection. Santos and America had a Pachuca connection. Pachuca and Chivas does not have a connection. Did you not hear how the owner talked about Amari? That disappeared, <laughs> man. That's over. They, they don't have it, man. They there was um, it was and it was just because of the voting, and it was between um, it was between uh. Jose Luis Higuera and, and the group of Pachuca owner. And he was really like sticking it up his ass, man, because the <laughs> them prices were really high. But it was, he's like kind of being, I'll be your buddy, I'll sell you players. But at the same time, he's selling them at a markup, man. He's, he's like charging them up. So just kind of doesn't have much connections right now that you could say um, it, it comes down to like, Who's money. Working with it's you always with money. Money too, but also like sometimes like so Pelai seems to have some connection with Nekaxa. He was there for years. Uh as a so player. He, you mean, right? he must, exactly. So he knows he must know people there because he's always managed to get players from Nekaxa. And so it, it comes down to like sometimes like who you know, uh Cardoso, right, with Toluca and they're able to bring Alexis and because he knew he knew the Toluca people and he knew the player. So a lot of times that that's the one thing where I felt when you bring a GM from outside, that that's what they're lacking with. Cause that's just how you negotiate in, in, uh, in Liga MX. You kind of have to, you kind of have to know people to make these side deals and whatnot. Uh, yeah. You have to navigate the politics as well because they, they might, they might. That's why I like to. I like Moneyball. Remember when he's negotiating players, he will call like three, four teams. Like, who do you need? And he would try to make it so that each team kind of got a player, so that he could get the player he wanted. Mm-hmm. It's kind of very similar. It's it's kind of very similar. Uh, they're not going to release a player unless they could get another player. So then sometimes, like if you know owners or promoters or whatnot, they place those calls and they. They try to make shit happen. I do wish it was simpler and it's just that like let's just negotiate, but it's 
sadly, that's not how it seems to work a lot of times. Um, and we could, we could, we have references to that. For example, when Monterrey, um, who they sold to Chivas, that, that, that the, the midfielder, right? They sold the one midfielder, but they said, you must send, what was it? Uh, the striker sent him on loan. Wait, what? Monterrey, remember when Chivas bought a midfielder from Monterrey? Oh, um, Madrigal. They, no, 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 not the, the Chivas. They, they did send Madrigal, but but the, they sent him because like Chivas wanted to buy uh, some midfielder. Molina. Yes, Molina. Mm -hmm. But then Monterrey said, we'll sell you Molina, but we want this striker Saldivar. on loan. Yeah. Saldivar on loan, and then they sent us their tronco, yep. which was like... What the fuck is this bullshit, dude? Why are we? And but that was the only way they would negotiate. Bro, America got all the juice out of that guy, man. He <laughs> won two titles in America. Did he really? Yeah. Damn. Hey, but but going going back to that point that Al Pastor was saying, that all sounds nice. Well, that's in this is Mexico, man. Like that thirty percent, fifteen percent. So that's for teams over there. Over in Mexico, they well, deal yeah, with. Yeah, Pachuca did it with some Euro teams, but yeah. But that's and then, but it's also with youth, and so you're not going to get that much youth if you're Chivas, just because teams are not going to be that willing to let them go. Yeah, but I mean, that's what you got to do when you're creative. I mean, when you're broke, you got two options: you can go to bed hungry, or you can get creative and find a way to get a meal. So if they can't do that and you got like a promising plan in your youth system and you need answers now, plus fuck it. Give me a Pocho who's 28, 29, and I'll give you seven, eight million, but I'll give you these two promising players from my youth system. And, you know, you got to give something up. You can't like keep your youth players, get 100% of the rights and get a good deal. If you don't have any money. So you got to find something to sacrifice. Yeah, but these teams that are that are mostly playing, um, the the teams that could do that, they don't need those young players because they already have a deep squad. So the only teams that are willing to take those type of deals or trades are the like the bottom teams. They're least, they're least likely to have the players that we that, that Chivas needs. So that's kind of where Chivas hits their you know, roadblock for them. Okay, so, I mean, obviously none of these suggestions sound good, so then what's the alternative? Get somebody that has money, I'll Maori sell Chivas? He's not going to sell Chivas. <laughs> well, well, I mean, he's not, but, I mean, that sounds like the only solution. We don't have money. Uh, we can't get creative on the deals because no one's going to like them. This is Mexico. That stuff don't work over here. So the only answer oh. is you have no money, so go get some money. So whether that's okay. trying to get creative with... Uh, sponsors or selling the club and bringing in uh, someone else or partnering up selling 40% of the club to somebody with money. I don't know. Well, is, is the structure, um, that's why I recommended that um, that podcast, the Medrano podcast with Nestor de la Torre because he's saying that Vergara would rarely give him money. That the money he would spend for transfers was money that he generated from selling players. But Nestor, he has a lot of connections. So that's one of the things that made it easy for him because, you know, he comes from a family of football. 
and he's they've been in the game for years and years so yeah it, he has that juice so but but the structure he had uh and it's one that he said that they got from hans one of you guys needs to silence because i'm hearing echo so one of you guys needs to uh just silence it for a bit thank you um so he's talked uh and so if you guys hear that podcast he talks about how they bring in hans westerhoff to set up a structure and a philosophy for the club to follow and he said how they would make sure they had players of every position since the youth squads all the way to the main team so if even if like say that the under 17 they didn't have a good left back they would send scouts to look for one and so that they were always thinking three four years in advance so obviously it makes sense to bring in a 13 year old because in four years he's 17 18 he's ready to debut and so he said that that was one of the main things they were doing was always having players in each position. And if they were lacking a player of good quality, then, then they will go look for that player and bring in a Sanjero. They bring in from another club to fill that spot. And so he said how they would always try to, he said he was always trying to promote five players and like bring in five players from Tapatio and how they would already knew which one was going to stay. And some of these players that were in, they knew they were going to sell in a year or two. That was, they were making money. And it's, it's pretty smart, the whole thing, how even because he said he was selling a lot, even to second division. And that's one of the things that ended up hurting Chivas back when Angelica was at it because she, she sold the team, right? To do the scam with uh, using uh, Herbalife or what was God, that shit called? Not, no, the, the, the club that belonged to Higuera. Remember, they sent Bofo, they sent all these Chiva players, they make the final. Querétaro? No, not Querétaro. He owned the second division. Oh, team. No, <laughs> um, they have a little guy like a hat. Oh, you guys I keep forgetting the name, dude. Horas. Horas, there you go. He owned Coras. And uh, they, they did make a final. Uh, anyways, that's what Chivas, when, when Chivas sells Tapatio, they started paying Coras to send their promising youth players to play at Coras, which made no fucking sense, right? You have a club where you could have 30 players there and they all could get significant playing time. So now you're paying to have, what, five, maybe 10? No, it just made no sense, but this was kind of unhealthy, and they were just, you know, stealing. Um, so that hurt the team, but they do have Tapatio now. But I think that that how they had how he had the team structured. You could hear him talk about how they would always make sure to have at least two players in every position, and a really good promising one, and one that they could be able to sell especially if they had a youth already coming in. And I think that's more in line of what they have to do. I do think they realize that because um, I do think they've been working a lot and we've started hearing all that stuff with Promo Food 
and how it's like the whole, they're making it off to be this whole negative thing about like, you know, the media is already kind of saying it's some type of like, uh, sorry, what's that word? Um, some type of scam, right? Even Jose Ramon Fernandez ended up saying, you know, like, oh, everybody knows about this except for a Maori. Um, so I, I, I don't see it that way. I do think that it's, it's probably Chivas, you know. Uh, I, I do think they kind of, they might be using promo food kind of to like tie these young players up uh, and not risk losing them to other promoters. So um, kind of bring this back down to Bauno, the new coach. The team right now has been getting into Repechaje and like basically having an early round exit. As far as the expectations of this new project with the new sporting director, with a coach that is unfamiliar with the area, and then also like depending on what kind of refuerzos Chivas bring in, um, they keep saying that there will be refuerzos. So I do expect some new blood. What what would you consider it uh, being like? A success. I least. expect at least two players. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, as far as like a, a season, though, like, what would you consider a successful season? Like, them actually getting into Ligia directly, like, uh, top four? Or, like, are we swinging for the fences, going for silverware? Like, no, I do think, I do think top four would be success because you already improved on the previous seasons where they weren't able to qualify directly. So that would be an improvement. I know I know fans are expecting the the championship, but yeah, <laughs> which that that's just not that realistic expectation. Not unless tell them, you have tell them to come back down to earth or I've been trying, been saying it for years, man. I And another question to ask you guys, how quickly will the fans turn on this guy if the team looks like shit? Right, dude. Yeah. I say five games. Five games? Well, I'm, I feel like the fans also got to be honest. It depends on what roster we bring in. And we literally bring in the same roster from last season and have like maybe one, two additions. The most you can expect is similar results. You can't go expecting championships. And another thing, it uh, depends on the perspective. Remember, America finished the season in first place and then lost to Pachuca and uh, Liguilla, and Ricardo did not like, uh, what was his name, uh, Solari at all because he said that the way they were playing was just trash. But they finished first. So on yeah. the other hand, what do you want? You want, you know, Chivas doesn't finish in top four. Maybe they finish eight through tenth but they make it a semis or a final. So you want someone who gives you consistency throughout the tournament, or maybe they get a little magic going towards in Liguilla. They want like, magic. What's the definition of it's, success? It's Mexicans. For Mexicans. Yeah, but what's the definition <laughs> of success? Like, let's say Chivas finishes first place in the tournament, but they get knocked out in the first round. Obviously, they didn't get the championship, so that was not a success. But will you call the season still successful? It would be a huge, would be a huge success. Because Chivas haven't had uh, a first place in a long time, so for things to yeah. go 
to go that well consistently week in and week out, I would consider that a success in the grander scheme of things. What I don't want to see happen is, oh, a slow start. We don't really get the reinforcements that we were expecting. And it's more of the same just with a new coach, uh, a new paint job. But I want to see, like, attacking football. And I want to see, like, a, a drastic change in, in the attitude and just, like, everything, bro. And I think that's what we're going to get. I don't know if we'll get the results. I don't know if we'll get the, the silverware. But all I know is if the team continues to play really bad, um, they're going to turn on this guy really quickly. That, that's where I was going for Jaime. Did you guys ever see that movie, White Men Can't Jump? A classic. And, and Woody Harrelson tells Blade, you rather look good and lose than look bad and win. That's that's Chiba fans when they were celebrating uh, uh, who was it, Almeida finishing 17th place, but the team played fancy, so they didn't mind. That, and I, I feel the same thing here. If, they, if he looks good, they're not going to care. I don't know. I really look bad and win, to be honest. Well, we did that with <laughs> Vucetic, and we kicked him out. <laughs> kicked him out. They keep waiting. Hey, every, every week for like five games. If he no, loses, well, he's out. I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't lose. Looking bad and win is completely different. To that. His, they're bad with Vucetic was it looked like they had no idea what was going on. <laughs> like, my definition of bad is, like, you know, Real Madrid and Champions League where the teams are dominating them, but they still found a way to counter and win. Did they play the most beautiful? Did they play the most attacking? Uh, did they have the most chemistry? To agree? No, the other teams outplayed them, but they still got the win. Mm-hmm. But but with Boost, it looked like they had no idea what they were doing out there. It looked like they didn't even practice together. It was just depending on individual sparks instead of a, like a collective effort. He was just a fucking boomer, man. This guy didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> this guy's like up there with uh, Sleepy Joe in age, bro. Probably shit in his pants. He, he, made, <laughs> he made the semis again, though. He, Monterrey kept him. And he's going to be at it next season. He's, yeah, but he's, also look at the roster he has. No, I know, but this was a Monterrey team that was in shambles. And he, he I get it, had that there. same squad, and he didn't do shit with them. <laughs> he, yeah, I was. More on Aguirre than anything, because let's be honest, what has Aguirre ever done? He's always been the fireman in Spain. But when. Uh, but Pachuca, he won the league with Pachuca. Yeah, but that was like, like that was back when TV was black and white, bro. That shit so was. So that don't count. He wasn't bombero with Osasuna because he grabbed them. He grabbed Osasuna when they had just been promoted, right? And he even he took him to a Copa del Rey final, and he had them like mid table, kind of knocking at the door of some Euro. Uh, and when he goes to Atlético Madrid. He qualified him for a Champions League. I think they hadn't been in like 10 years or more. And he, he takes him in there. So I don't think he's always been Bombero. He just gets, you know, he gets tagged as such. But I think well, he's. I feel like he does better as a Bombero, like, an, like the underdog, like not the favorite. And that's how he delivers results. But this was a time for the first time in his career in what, 15 years? 
where he had a roster where it was a favorite, where they were expected to perform at a top level, where he didn't have the underdog role, and he didn't deliver. It probably just shows that what he's been doing for the last 15 years, taking these small clubs and getting better than expected results is more of his forte. And that that is not even talk about his international career with Mexico and Japan and Egypt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know him and Busa have the same roster, but Busa has experience and working with top rosters, and maybe that's what screwed him at Chivas, that he didn't have a top roster, and that's why he even came out and said that it was a hinder. And this dude didn't uh, know how to use the youth. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, maybe Aguirre would have been better at a roster like Chivas and Buse better at Monterrey because that's what their careers have shown. But, I mean, he did good at Atletico, so it's not like he, he, you know, he failed. I mean, he did decent, but he didn't do, like, amazing. Uh, Simeon did amazing with Atletico. Yeah, but I mean, he did decent. Like he took Atletico, well, yeah, but, but was not what they are now, and he gave better than expected no. results. That's what he's always done: taking smaller teams. Atletico's a small team, and given better than expected results. Damn, I don't remember, but I don't remember if, but Atletico had a coach that was very volatile. I don't know if he was still alive when Aguirre was there, but Jesus Gili Gil, he was known for just like. Just rage quitting all the time. I don't know if he had passed, but I know his passing sort of allowed for that club to grow because, you know, he he we used to just get pissed off and then just you know flip the table over. So, are we over or under six months to a year as far as this? Bauno. I give it six months, Jaime. Bauno I project. give it six months. Because even Iron Man could be like, you know what? This was fun while it lasted. I'm out. All the right. first I... tournament is not going to count for many teams. It's a freebie. They're literally coming back right after the World Cup. Some players are joining late. So the whole chemistry is going to be off for a lot of teams that first tournament. But Oof. once everybody goes on vacation, then it's summer, regular schedule, I think that'll really be like the growing points for a lot of teams, not just Chivas. A lot of teams are getting new coaches this transfer window. A lot of them is going to suck because they're not have much time with their star players for international break to actually develop a quality preseason. We're sending uh, Chivas to Spain. They're going to have a couple friendlies out there. They should save that money, dude. Save that money, put it in transfers. They're playing think, another xenophobic club called Atletico Bilbao. <laughs> you know, my concern is Fierro might just enjoy his TV gig a bit too much and then be like, I don't need this noise over here. At I'm, <laughs> I'm going back to my broadcasting gig where I. It's well, just. That, I get, that guy's going to tuck his tail in and, and quit just like Michelle did at Puma's Watch. I'm calling it now. <laughs> So those Euro guys are quitters when they come to Mexico. I agree with that. <laughs> they feel like conquistadores. They feel like they're going to come in, be saviors. It's going to be a piece of cake. And then they're yeah. surprised by the difficulties. <clears throat> hey, Joel. Yes. Uh, I was listening. Now that you guys are talking, because you always talk about your 
your your Chivas, right? You got this is a Chivas FC podcast. But now that I mean, you guys are still talking about it, but I was listening to Reacción Cadena uh, the other day, and they they were they have the Fantasma Suarez as a as a panelist, right? Oh, and he was saying because they were they were debating about uh, the the Chivas coach, and I always watch it because they're always fighting, and they they say cheese and stuff like that. But he said. That that uh, Vergara took out a loan for those those mil millones ochocientos cincuenta millones de dollars de pesos. So that's more or less like one hundred and fifty million, right? Yes, is it for the stadium? I know he had taken out a loan to finish building the Omni. Yeah, for the stadium, but they're saying there is he was saying that he's uh that he's still giving payments, and but little by little. Yeah, that that could be very possible. So so this guy's he's like he still has a mortgage, and he's promising refuerzos, man. Like you guys don't expect nothing. No, and as I said it a, a, a lot of times, um, building that stadium, I felt was putting the cart in front of the horse. I think all that money they spent, they could have easily spent it in having stronger squats, you know, Cause, cause whenever, you, whenever you Whenever you do say that, well, I agree with you, but then I also get, because Jaime always rebuttals you, and he says, oh, well, a big team needs its own stadium, right? It, yeah, that's true, but I mean, but, Chivas doesn't have the money to have their own stadium. Yeah, it, it's like a broke person trying to take out a, a new truck and you don't have a job. Yeah. <laughs> or, right? or their job or their job makes enough to just barely cover, exactly. cover the payments and then yeah. And then they're struggling. Hey, why you guys gotta be gas. so loud? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think it backfired because I think that I was it would take risks and I and the original plan was for the centro, the the JVC center. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if the J is also for Jorge, but it's named after his dad. Um, so, but it was called the JVC center, and they had done like a, one of the magazines did like this whole like spread on it, and they had like the plans and everything. And it was supposed to be like this, this whole place with, with like, uh, for entertainment and the stadium and offices and, and nothing ever happened. Just the stadium got built and then that's it. No other project took off there and they couldn't even get the city to invest in the, in, you know, making the road. I think they were, they wanted a wider road or more lanes. Sure. So, so yeah, that, that ended up being the best once it, once uh, you know, they couldn't get the other projects off the ground, and then it's just they ended up just owing all this money. Broke people problems. <laughs> EBT team. 
EBT, man, she was going up to in these negotiations. Hey, y'all take EBT, y'all take layaway, y'all take uh trades. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, man, you guys really do need to listen to that Nestor podcast, man. You, I think the team could go back to that. I don't think uh, Fierro could do that because not because he's not capable, but uh, just the politics. I don't know if. I don't know if his popularity or whatever could help him remains to be seen, but that's probably one of my, my concerns. Like, is he going to be able to navigate that within Liga IMX? He, he's going to end up being the Spanish version of Pelais. I said it before. They just brought him in to just, because you know how Mexicans in Mexico are. They Anytime like a Spaniard or European guy comes, they just bow down, and yeah. they love that accent, man. <laughs> hey, but he's well, not just yeah, anybody, well, bro. He is this guy's legit. Of Pelais, I'll, I'll be happy. Um, but uh... yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, with Guadalajara. I, I saw a, a video of her Gomez. Well, as long as Barella's still there, nothing's gonna change. I saw a video of Hurt Gomez with uh, Carlos Vela, and I don't know why they keep trying to get him into the national team, but he called uh, David, and David asked him, hey, man, like, do you, do you feel bad, like, leaving, you know, missing out on this World Cup? And he's like, no. <laughs> he just straight up said no, and then he's like, I don't have to answer to anybody. I'm like, damn. Yeah, he said, no, he said why, and he's like, yeah. Calm down, Mexican you Messi. Know, he didn't care. <laughs> it's just like the dude, way he dude. said it, dude. I'm like, damn, dude, this guy. He's a petrol frío, man. Well, he did play is a World Cup. He already played a petrol Yeah, he is. What do he win? What do you do? Well, Under 17 the World team Cup. Is in the final now. No, well, I'm just saying, like, he's always done his job. I mean, like to him, it's a job. He's not a passion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's done his job. Uh, when he was with Real Sociedad in Griezmann, he was voted third best player of La Liga, uh, right behind Messi and Cristiano. I mean, he's delivered when he's can with LAFC. He delivered. Uh, I mean, During the final. Yeah. So this could I mean, be his first championship. Now, the media and the fans fan them all. <laughs> And, uh, you know, he has zero interest of being in a relationship with the Mexican media, the fans, La Selección. I wouldn't say that's a petrol frío. I would because he hasn't won anything. Honestly, I think he's a little bitch. That's how I feel. Exactly. Damn. Why is he a little bitch, though? <laughs> because how dare you, like, say, oh, I'm not going to cho- I'm gonna choose not to play for the national team. Like, dude, that's an honor, bro. People would fucking exactly. love. People would love to be in your shoes, and you're over here treating it like, oh, it's it's an optional, like it's optional. And he was there for him, yeah. Treated him after that Monterrey thing, where he was one that took a big of the blame, and a bunch of married guys uh, who were also part of it were never exposed, so they blamed it on the young single dudes. I don't care if he no, got thrown under for, the bus, first, bro. First day, the expose was done by the magazines, so we just need to. Uh, to make that clear, and that was yeah, from the, the another. Media, an, that's his problem. The Mexican okay, no, but I just wanted to clarify because some people think that the FMF 
Just put Come them on. on you're gonna tell me somebody then give the wolves a name just so they could back off like the more experienced, established players and marriages to avoid problems. You remember Hector Herrera before the World Cup? He had to leave the camp and go solve Dude. issues with ladies so she wouldn't divorce him. That's the situation yeah, that one... they were trying to avoid. So let's just give them the young guys like Bella and stuff and take the heat for the team. And he said, fuck no. And he didn't go back to the team since then. And so then... he's butthurt because of that? What? So he's butthurt because of that? Probably. He just got, oh, like, look, he already doesn't like soccer. He sees it as a job. Then this happens. You, you get blamed for something that wasn't your fault. And then you just act like a little no, bitch for the rest of your career. I, I think it was his fault. Well, whatever. He, whether it was Mr. his fault Sonny, or not. He, like, he saw the vids. He has the receipts. And he said he was one of the main After that, he, like, leaders there. he cuts ties. He's like, oh, I'm not going to go back. I'm like, dude. It doesn't matter, like, whether, like, it's your responsibility to try and help your country win a fucking World Cup or at least do something. Don't just, like... And he did go back. He yeah, went but back he went back the wrong year. He went back... He, well, he should have... <laughs> the wrong year. He should have came back in... Dude, we needed him in 2014, not in 2018. Yeah, but that's when all that dismother happened. But, yeah, we needed him in 2014, but he went back 2018. And we need him now! Much. We need him now! <laughs> No, it's like uh, Tony Cruz. Tony Cruz is playing amazing with Real Madrid. He's, he retired from Germany like a year or two ago because he said he wanted to focus on his club that he didn't have any more to give to the national team. That's the same argument Bella's making. He's like, you guys are not going to win the World Cup with me. I had my chance. I didn't do anything amazing. I just did average. So give younger guys a try. Yeah. There's a lot of players on the national team who actually should have that same mentality. Yeah. They should move to the side. The problem like, is Ola, they're uh, taking Vela's spot and they're giving it to like a player like Gallardo <laughs> and fucking like Troncos that don't deserve That's to be on the team. That's not Vela though, man. That's not Vela, and it and it's true. He he's always seen soccer as like a job because he saw he could make money off of it, and I don't think he's cared about. Nobody will remember his Champions name. League or, but he doesn't care because he's provided for his family. He has his wife, his two kids. Good for him. And Everyone they're living cares. they're living really good. And he's pretty much set them up for the future, you know. And he's delivering so, us well. I mean, everyone's saying, like, you know who's a petrol frio? I'll tell you who's a petrol frio. Giovanni Dos Santos is a petrol frio. What did Giovanni Dos Santos <laughs> He's ever scoring do? a World Cup, bro. Exactly. He's scoring a World Cup. In in a against crazy Holland. round of sixteen match that we should yeah, have won. He scored against Holland, and it was a great goal. He scored one of the best goals in that World Cup. He also scored one of the best goals I've ever seen in a gold career. cup. Oh, that's yeah. one. That's one of the greatest goals. That's always going down. Gio has had a weird. He was a national team player, but as fans of clubs, he's been to Petro Frio. Hey, for the national Austin team, Ham, you cannot complain Turkey, about Gio. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the national team. We're talking team. about the national Galaxy. team, bro. And, and let me just say, that was like uh, Al Pasor, like his eighth Real Madrid reference. <laughs> <laughs> what? You guys never heard of him? He's going to be Al Paella. <laughs> <laughs> no more Al Pastor, Al Paella. Joder. Joder. <laughs> vale. Tío Al Pastor. <laughs> Hey man, I'm just trying to fit in with times with Yero, okay? Just trying to make a good impression. I know, bro. That's true, that's true, By the man. end of this, we're all going to be talking 
with an Spanish a Spanish accent and voth vosotros. Hostia. But we're almost at the two hour mark, guys. Um, you got any closing thoughts before we wrap up this episode? We got eighteen days to the World Cup. It hasn't sunk Damn. in yet. Hasn't sunk in yet. It, it hasn't for me really. Eighteen. I thought it was a month. Uh, goddamn. Yeah, just really quick with this whole thing. Not so much on Vela, but the the whole news about someone in FMF contacted him, and that just looks bad because it's like it raises questions. It's like, well, did Tata contact him? But that doesn't make sense. Tata talked to him. I don't know if you guys remember early on. They were at Starbucks talking about, you know, and I think Bella straight told him I'm not interested. So I think he never called him after that. Uh, so if it was someone from FMF, it's like the message they're sending is, you know, they have doubts on Tata or they don't doubts on the team. And that's just, it looks bad, you know? So I, I don't know that, how much of that is truth or that's just the media using clickbait because the World Cup's around the corner and they kind of don't have as much, you know, shit to talk about as they normally would. Yeah. Ricky Ricardo, number one fan. What you got for us, man? Well, first off, I want to congratulate my Houston Astros because they tied it up, man. Hey, man, I've never seen a no-no in a World Series final before. That's pretty crazy. Yep. I'll show you, man. I can't stand Altuve, though. Oh, he's been a no-show for sure. No, but, but a lot of things to talk about this weekend and most of but none of it involves the final because nobody cares but, <laughs> but um, uh, regarding Vela I mean Pecho Frio he never won anything yeah he has a lot of money good for him Damn. but I always I always listen to how I, I know I'm going to the extreme extreme example, but I always listen to how Argentinos, Uruguayos, or even Germans, they say, oh, whenever they call you up to the national team, it's an honor. And, exactly. And what a coincidence. Those teams, I'm not saying they're going to, Mexico's ever going to win it. But to these guys, it's an honor to play for the national team. And this guy's a loser. And and he's in his, he in his, he's in his rightful place in MLS. And hopefully he does win that Copa de Chocolate. And no, back in the Troy movie, when that little kid tells Brad Pitt, oh, I wouldn't want to be fighting that guy. He's humongous. And Brad Pitt looks at him when he's on top of the horse with his long golden mane. He let say, <laughs> that's why no one will ever remember your name. And he just rides away. And that little kid looks down and he looks stupid. And that that kid grew up to be Michele Año. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and real quick, also watch out for my America, man. I'm really excited about what they did with that. They they. they oh, we're going public. We're going public. Or private, or private, whatever. No, no public, man. Okay, public. Public. 
America is going to be its own. It's going to be its own company with the stadium, and they're going to make a betting site also, kind of like Caliente. Yes. Yeah. So we need to get our money back up, man, because I'm up. You stay. Like America is not for the bombazos. We can't be like these other bum teams to the top. In a while, I've been I've been saying it, but I felt that they didn't need them just because they kept they kept winning and doing good. But but whenever you heard of a bombazo, it was normally for America. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, last point. Make it, man. So we're gonna we're gonna get a European uh, uh, a tournament spot. I think the Europa League, or I don't know, but either or. But they're back. Yeah. Wait, who's yeah. back? I Me, mean, Newcastle de toda la vida. Newcastle. Nice. Yeah. Did did uh, you become a fan because of that kid? Uh, Santi. Yeah, cool. Bo. Yeah, in middle school, that's why I became a fan, man. I I worked around the corner from that park they used. Where oh, the yeah? Where spotted. That's oh. MacArthur Park. There's no soccer play there. That was basically a drug then, home to the Mara Salvatrucha. You, oh, wow. <laughs> you really didn't see it. They've cleaned it up, but, yeah. but that park was like, yeah, you didn't want to be in there. They would play soccer was like sometimes like Bison would play like little pickup scrimmage games. I think just recently, a few years back, they fixed a bit of the park and they had they added those fields. I see. Like synthetic or whatever. Yeah, synthetic. Yeah. But I never went in there because it's like <laughs> I, I, my my image of the. Uh, the old park still remained. So I was like, uh, Did you not go for the for the grass or for the salvatruchos? For nothing, oh. man. It's like there was nothing for me oh. there. Uh, there was just really quick because, oh man, this was when Arsenal with Wenger they won. Um, I don't think it was the treble. Did they win the treble or was it a double? They had Hunt and Re. Wait, the the, the season they won. The season they went undefeated? I think that was the season. They won the league and I think the FA Cup or... Yeah, well, I mean, that was the only time they won the league. So other. it was 2004, I think. They came to this park in South LA. And I used to scrimmage there, but I hadn't been playing. But they were there, dude. They even brought all their trophies. Yeah. I was surprised that they were there because straight in the hood. But... um. I don't know if it was Nike. Huh? Cool story, like bro? Bullshit? No. I... <laughs> you cut out. I can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, it sounded no, like you said that's bull. Yeah. No, cool, man. That's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, man. I missed out on it, though, so fuck that. But no, I would have liked to have been there. Uh, but they did. I remember they came, and it surprised me. And I think it was Nike. Maybe they brought them. Um, because they, they did a field. They did actual fields, and I used to go play there, but, you know, just with Paisa's pickup games, and it was, like, just mud, dirt, and stuff. Mm. Um, but that's just, that's just a flashback. 
I just remembered. But it's kind of trippy sometimes to see these teams that you you don't think would end up like in your neighborhood. Yeah. For sure, folks. Well, I appreciate you gentlemen hopping on tonight. It was a good discussion. Uh, as far as the Mexican national team goes, they do have a friendly next Tuesday, November 8th. Looking forward to that against Iraq. And then they'll finish up with a friendly against Sweden. Hopefully we get some revenge on that one. And then after that, folks, the World Cup kicks off for us on November 22nd against Lewandowski. So uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Can some... I get a little say here? Huh? Can I get a little final say? Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say back in the beginning of the tournament, I said uh, Toluca and Pumas were looking really hot. That's true. Pumas, uh, Pumas under-delivered, but they had the signings. You know, Toluca had to deliver to an extent. But uh, I'm glad that Pachuca, the team that was with consistency, not just throwing money at it, was able to win. I do want Almada at Selección because mm-hmm. it shows that he can respect the process and do the work. There is the thing that no foreign coach has ever won the World Cup with the country he's coaching. Uh, but let's be honest, Mexico's not going to win the World Cup anytime soon. So if Almada <laughs> can take us to semis, whatever, I'll take it. And True. three, uh, to Ricardo's point about Germans, Argentinans, Selecciones, like, you know, uh, uh, an honor or whatever. Uh, I agree with that, but you also got to look at those countries. They respect their idols. Look how Mexico treats Hugo Sanchez like traffic. So... I mean, Just try to, to listen to, to him point. talk for five Mexico, seconds, bro. I can't hey, stand but, that guy. Mexico is different. <laughs> Regardless. You know, Mexico is different like that. We built different. So I'll just tell you that. Because if Hugo Sanchez yeah. was from Argentina, Germany, yes. or whatever, they treat that dude like a freaking idol. Everywhere he goes, nothing but He could say stuff. whatever he wanted. <laughs> yeah. Como Mexicano, se chingo. Man. I feel like Hugo's ego is way bigger than... Like a Maradona, or you know, Maradona was just yeah, like a... those guys had egos too. Yeah, but he Wait, was just Maradona a... falling asleep as a coach, doing lines. <laughs> yeah, that dude was doing lines and shit, bro. That was. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything don't that he ever said that was like the best example. Wild. It was just because he was on drugs. Ugo's just like full of himself. But I do. But, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Maradona can say crazy things, and to them, it's like whatever. They, they were still. Whoa. They the no difference is he won a fucking World Cup, bro. He won a World like, Cup. You can do. You can shit on the national team's flag well, after you shot, win a World Cup, dude. You can do anything. He he, he shot reporters with a BB gun. Dude, once you win a World Cup, you can do whatever the fuck you want, man. That is that's that's history right there. That's 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 the that's the promised land. <laughs> and he also oh, so that, that, he also there helped. It uh, there it is, Jaime. Huh. There it is because he didn't win. Yeah, but because I think Hugo was robbed, dude. But Hugo was robbed of what would have been we the best World Cup for Hugo, him dude. in 1990. You never know, man. He was in his prime. His 38, 38 goals, all one touch strikes. It's yeah, but he didn't a have a record that could stand the test of time. He didn't have the kind that of supporting cast. He didn't have that kind of supporting cast at, at Mexico, but it is I'm what it is. Saying, he was a leg, he was a, he's a legend of the game, but he doesn't get treated like in Mexico due to his ego, his personality, or whatever. 
but that's just how Mexico is. True. For sure. Good stuff, though. Good point you bring up. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. We won't have any more Leah Mekis action. Season has ended. But hopefully we get some more Chivas rumors. Um, I, I saw a video of uh, Macias. He's looking, he's looking good. He's getting back in shape. He's looking like he's doing some weight training. So looking, looking forward to his return to Chivas and eventually the national team. But I uh, hope you gentlemen have a great night, and we'll catch you next week.